Welcome back to another podcast of Road to Abundance. Today we have Nuria. So uh, I met her at Tony Robbins at a platinum event. She's an amazing woman. She does real estate, and I'm going to let her explain what exactly she do in real estate. She just got a promotion, I think, two weeks ago. So congratulations on that and being such an amazing soul. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mike. Um, I'm very excited. You always such a, have such a good vibe, you know, high vibe. And so um, it was fun meeting you a few months ago. We had an incredible event. <laughs> Didn't we? And we're, we're like just giving all of our money to Tony Robbins as we were talking about earlier. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like Tony asked, we just do it. But I'm delighted to be a part of your show and, you know, hang out with you and your audience today. I, yeah, uh, what I do within the real estate industry is I own a title company. So title and escrow here in Utah. And I will be actually coming into different markets here this year. So I'm really excited about that. That's and cool. then probably what you saw of like the promotion uh, is that I'm a part of this big national Hispanic organization called NAREP. And I was elected as their national president this year. And so that's probably what you saw um, in regards to my promotion. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, you told me that you were going to get elected on something. So yeah, I, I call yeah, it yeah. a promotion. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's great. it is you know it is it's a big deal and it's an honor so i'm delighted to be here that's awesome so what exactly is that um that it's a community it's um like can you explain more yeah. a little bit so people so, understand uh it stands for national association of hispanic real estate professionals and we are the largest latino business organization in the nation we have way surpassed the Hispanic, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, which is really cool. Um, but the mission of the organization is to advance Hispanic sustainable home ownership. Um, and we do that by having networking events, by uh, making sure that our members are well educated in real estate altogether, because um, they're all real estate professionals. So that's what our community is built out of. And then we also are very involved in policy. So any housing issues, um, we are, you know, in DC, like having those high level conversations. So anyone who's anyone in housing is involved. Um, and we have over a hundred chapters nationwide and over 40,000 members, including in Puerto Rico. So it's, it's a really fun great organization. <laughs> yeah. It's really fun. That's awesome. Like, and, and now you're VP for them. That's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like leading by example, especially because uh, you're a woman, um, you're a good-looking woman. Can we say good-looking in English? I'm, yeah, and some we can't say. It's good-looking, we can. So, um, like, sometimes it could be harder um, for, for women in some job, and you very succeeded. You're very professional. I like your energy. We had such a great time at the Tony event. So that's why I wanted you to come and lead by example, which is what you always do. And I wanted to share a little bit your story because I know like we talked about some struggle you had, some up and down, and now you're well invested also in your personal development. So I respect all that. And of, of course, it was probably not always like that green. So I want to know where you're coming from and what made you the woman that you are today. Yes. Um, thank you. So I was uh, born in Mexico. I immigrated to the United States when I was 11 years old. So my father's side of the family's from there. 
And then on my mom's side is Spanish. And so uh, when we came here, I, my parents gave me the very best that they could, but of course there was not a lot of money or budget for extracurricular activities or I know you weren't born here either, Mike, right? So you're coming in and what you're wanting to immerse yourself into a new culture. You want to belong with the kids. And so it was like, I never had money for to do anything. And um, I just remember this very one defining moment in my life where I just heard it one too many times. And I think I wanted to go to the movies perhaps. And I just said, mom, I want to go to the movies with my friends. And She's like, no, Nuria, no hay dinero, which means there's no money. And I just remember getting so upset. Like I was so <laughs> mad. And, and I just declared to the universe, I said, I will never live my life like this, you know? And, <laughs> and from then, just that ambition was born. And I knew it was going to be up to me to create something of my life and build my own wealth. And so that's kind of where you know, all my ambition was born from. Yeah, um, it's running away from the pain. I remember I always give an example similar. It's like, I remember when I was, it's not even not paying rent that was annoying for me. It's going to the restaurants and I have to choose in between the appetizer or the dessert or sometime, not even just the main course. And then People are like, oh, you're not going to get an appetizer. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not that hungry. And it's just because you can't afford it, but you still want to be there. So you're like, you have to choose. And it's like, you kind of swear to yourself that it's never going to happen again. And and picking at the grocery, like, can I afford this? Ah, oh, no, it's like that, that type of pain, that's what drives you. And it's, it's, it's good. Yeah. So after that, you made that promise. How old were you when this happened? So I was, I believe, like 13, 12 or 13. And so I began doing any type of job I could at that age, right? Like <clears throat> I did a paper route. I watched kids. I cleaned neighborhood, like my neighbor's houses. I just knock on the door and be like, can I clean your house? I want to make money. Um, I cleaned schools while my friends were out playing all summer. I was cleaning a high school so I could get money so I could buy my own school clothes and so it kind of build up from there. And then in high school, you can, um, if you have enough credits, you can do this thing called work release. I don't know if you heard of it, where no. um, you can, instead of going to a class, you can be released to go to work. And I was just excited as hell to be able to go to work because I just wanted to work. <laughs> Funny. And so I did that um, and then put myself through college. I, I got my two-year degree. Uh, but I had three jobs, you know, working three jobs and going to school full time. Um, and then eventually when I was 22, I got into this real estate industry and my father used to be a real estate agent. And then his title company that he used to close at needed a Spanish speaking escrow officer. And that's actually how I got my foot in the door of this business. And then I built my own book of business, you know, uh, did the work itself for a nine year period. But then I had this like calling of, I, I felt like I always knew I was going to build like a business in this life. Ever since I was little, I was like selling colored pencils to the kids on the bus or like <laughs> you know, stupid things, but I always wanted to sell something. And, um, so I figured I always knew there was this entrepreneurship spirit within me. And for about a three and a half year period, 
I had this vision of really coming into my industry and disrupting the whole thing. So if you and your listeners, um, some of you may or may not know, but a title company really is the neutral party where you do a real estate transaction. And so we ensure the history of the property. We usually will come into our office to do the signing. And 99% of the time, the signings are very boring. <laughs> and, you know, you're just nervous and feeling all kinds of emotions. And I just thought, gosh, there's got to be more to my industry than this. You know, like everyone feels like they're coming into grandma and grandpa's like CPA's office or attorney's office. And it's such an exciting moment in life. And so I wanted to come in and just disrupt that status quo. And so for a three and a half year period, I was preparing myself, one, to understand that big vision and how I could come in and disrupt this industry. Secondly, to learn about business, because Mike, I knew nothing about business, right? Like I was a great technician, but I didn't know anything about business or running one or entrepreneurship. So I immersed myself into reading a ton of books. Um, I created a mastermind group where all of the people who I invited to participate in it were doing bigger things than I, and they were already having like their own business. I was by far making the least amount of money, <laughs> but I put the, you know, I put the group together and we did that for two years. We had guest speakers. We also read books. And then I interviewed <clears throat> at least like 15 different um, owners, business owners inside of my industry and outside of my industry. That's amazing. I want to I want to take a moment before we go. It's like I appreciate the fact that you started a mastermind and that you were not afraid to sit at the table with people that it's not that they have more value than you. It's just that they're a different chapter in the journey. And you do understand that. And you were providing probably uh, your energy and some some value. But it's OK to be the smallest at the table at some point. And that's how you're going to grow because you're playing versus with players that are way more experienced than you. And I do the same. It's like, I reached out to, I was just talking with Colton. I reached out to friends, even with you, we talk about it. And when you're new to an industry, there's, there's nothing wrong to be humble and ask people for advice. Hey, The, like, how can I make it happen? And I, I, I really love that you created a mastermind to bring value and bring speaker and everybody's benefiting from it. And then they value you for doing it and then they help you in return. So that that's fucking amazing. Thank you. Thank you. You bring such a good point. And I think that I've always been okay with like feeling fear um, and like being very uncomfortable in situations. And so like, Yes. And, and, and from there, there's been so many rooms that I've been in <laughs> that I've been so intimidated by, you know, and like just feeling that sensation of like, oh, my gosh, like here I am with all of you. Who am I? You know, and, um, and you still feel fear, like just so people understand, you yeah. still have that thought and you still have it's humans like we still sometimes fear and feel like that, but you just do it. It's out of the comfort zone, but you still, you're a go-getter and you still do it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think Tony said this, like the biggest dis destruction of fear is to take action. And so we feel the fear, but we still take the action. Like we still put ourselves in that uncomfort. Yeah. And um, I became, I become really good at that, you know, just like being very uncomfortable and I'm very comfortable being uncomfortable. 
That's um, awesome. So <laughs> after the mastermind, uh, what would happen? Like you, you gained for three years, you must have gained like a lot of knowledge there. Yeah. I felt like, okay, I'm very studious and kind of, I'm this mega nerd, you know, this is why I'm, we're part of plaque because we love like, uh, studying <laughs> and learning. But, um, so after that, I had a second defining moment in my life. And so this, I was on my way to actually a NAREP event, that organization um, president for it. And mm -hmm. um, it was in Washington, D.C. And I was, uh, I had a layover in Denver and I was going to write down my pros and cons, whether I should stay with the company I was currently working for and continue helping them build or if I should finally like go for it and launch this vision I had for so many years in my head. And before I could even write down one word, I just had this overwhelming feeling come over me and I just started to get emotional. And that was all I needed to know. There was nothing that needed to be written down. I didn't need to go to my head anymore and think it was like, I knew it was bigger than me and I just needed to go for it. And so that was my moment of decision. And then six months later, I was open. I, I had launched my title company. So you launched your own title company. And a title company, you said it's the person that comes in between to make sure that there's no party like scamming the other party, kind of? Yeah. There's a lot of things that we protect. But really to simplify for everyone to understand what a title company does is we first we're the neutral party between everybody. Um, we do the closing. So we actually will explain to you all of the closing documents for if you buy or you sell or even you refinance. And then the third big piece is that we have the fiduciary duty to the transaction. And so instead of Mike, like you buy a house and you giving the money directly to the seller, you don't. It comes to title and then we'll disperse it accordingly. And so those are the main three functions. I mean, we ensure the history of the property. Sorry, that's like the biggest thing, right? We ensure against liens, encumbrances, fraud, um, boundary line issues. And um, yeah, just making sure that the title is being transferred clean in a clean way. So if someone knocks on your door five years from now and they're like, hey, Mike, we did a bunch of work on your house. The last owner never paid us and you have a lien on the property. Technically, you owe us the money. Then title insurance would kick in. Okay. Wow, that's amazing. I didn't even know such thing existed. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure we have that in Canada. Maybe I never bought a house, so I didn't <laughs> bother with it. But that that's cool. It's 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 to sleep in peace, I guess. Like, it's you don't want to have those things like coming for you, especially in the United States. Everybody sues everybody, so yeah. want to make but sure protection. Protection, like you're protecting your your American dream, you know, and so. Um, it's, it's part of like 99% of real estate transactions in, in the United States and Canada does have it, but you guys usually use attorneys. Um, and okay. in some States here in the U S you have attorneys, but most you don't need to. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the industry I'm in. <laughs> that's amazing. And now you have like, like a few title agent under you. That's how yeah, it works. I am. Well, I have, so. I have my company, it's called Novation Title here in Utah, and I have 23 employees, but I have this vision and I'm working on it to bring it into different markets. So it's going to be in different states. 
So working on that next. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And what I really appreciate also, like a lot of people, when you say plat, they don't know what it is. But basically, Nuria and I, we are in a Tony Robbins, the highest group that he offers. Nuria is even a lion. She's like above platinum, like the next rank invitation only. So just so people know, guys, we're talking about investment probably of $200,000 at the end of the year with expense and trip and events. Um, so have you always invested in yourself in order to grow? Yes. Like um, obsessively, you know, I, I got introduced to self-development when I was 25 and I hired my first business coach and that's who uh, introduced me to Tony Robbins. And um, ever since then I've been hooked. It's like, I would say it's similar to a drug. <laughs> like I feel like it's an addiction, <laughs> but it's a positive addiction just because yeah. you see the transformation of yourself and how you can help other people in their growth journey too. And so it's um, actually, yeah, we, we were able to, we did this questionnaire because I get to go to Tony's house this weekend as a lion. And so oh, that's this cool. weekend, yeah. Am I coming as a plus one? Is that what happened? <laughs> we can't bring in one. Sadly, but um, we were filling out our questionnaire and there was like this last page of comments. And that is exactly like I just wrote my thank yous to both Tony and Sage because um, my life would be completely a different life now. You know, it's like mm -hmm. we take everyday actions. There are habits and behaviors that we do on an everyday basis that will yeah. shape us into who we become in the five, 10 years, but it's not seen. Yeah. It's not seen every day. Right. And so people don't make choices based upon the long-term gain or pain. They just are like, Oh, <laughs> eating the cheeseburgers every day. It's, it's not going to, I'm not feeling the pain today. Yeah. But exactly. Five years in 10 years, it's going to be a terrible pain and perhaps like a huge disease that it was caused because you didn't do the everyday actions yeah. that you should have. <laughs> and so I just know for a fact that my life would have been a completely different life if I wouldn't have obsessively like gone all in on the self-development journey and and just like implemented it, you know? So. Yeah, that that's cool. Like to, to add on, on all that, it's like Tony, I think it's Tony that says like people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do over a decade, which is 10 years. And it's like, also for, as a, I was a health coach and, and, and celebrity trainer for years. And the thing is when people, it, when I was selling fitness, um, people are like, not really doing it. It's like, if you have to force it, when you, when you want to bring them money, they're happy to pay for a coach. But when only the top tier understand that investing in your health is a long-term gain. And the thing is, I've seen it too often. Like you said, people eat bad, they do bad stuff, but don't forget that the disease, most of them, they start at 40, 50 years old. So, but now you live up to a hundred. So you have half of your life that you're going to be feeling like shit because your young self doesn't care about his routine because he wants to drink, he wants to party, doesn't want to invest, doesn't want to meditate, doesn't want to do nothing. And especially as a man, your prime time is 40 to 60. You want to make sure you're feeling fucking awesome for your prime time. 
and and women i mean prime it's like depending on what you're talking about could be 30 to 40 and then yes you gain maturity and there's other stuff so i don't know the exact what they would describe as prime but the when you age when you like let's say now you're building something fucking amazing so when you're going to be 50 years old if you decide to retire you can sell the company you can do things and then you want to be healthy and you want to be fulfilled for when that moment happened that you can have a 40 years of like doing whatever you want and if you can't travel because you've been drinking and eating all those cheeseburgers and you have like all those disease that are popping up and, and stroke and stuff, you're not going to be able to travel the world and, and enjoy yourself. And not only that, the fact that you invested so young in yourself. Sorry, I got a life coach when I was 20 and I got introduced to uh, personal development with MLM, multi-level marketing when I was 19. And that's when I found Tony Robbins. I went to uh, Unleash the Power Within at 22, I think. And I did a bunch of stuff and then I went to see a lot of other people, came back to Tony now, uh, got platinum. And that was like the last thing I wanted to buy. Um, I didn't even know there was a such thing as a platinum. I was going there to uh, make my girlfriend walk on fire. And then I wanted to get the university mastery. And I was like, ah, I might sign for platinum instead of buying a Range Rover. So <laughs> that's, how, that's how I end up Great in platinum. Choice. Great choice. <laughs> and I always invest and I appreciate people like you because what you've been doing to get successful, you still do. So when I tell people, it's like when when I tell them, okay, Rewired, my my coaching program is like five, 6,000, right? And people are like, wow, that's a lot of money. I'm like, oh, that's a baby investment. Like you'll see later on, it's 50,000, 100,000, 200,000, and then 20,000 just for a week of brain hacking and stuff. It's like, like you said, it's kind of a drug of like, it's just because the teacher become more and more and more expensive. So now you want one hour with Tony, it's a million dollar. Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. It's like you keep investing in yourself. And I really respect that because what made you successful, you keep doing. And that, that's what people need to do. It's not because you're at the top that you stop investing in yourself. You still need to put the time and you still need to read and, and do all that. And I would love to explore like, what is, what is a day for Nuria? Like, what is a routine? Um, do you train? Do you meditate, breath work, read, all that stuff? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you. And I, uh, shout out to you, too, that you took that journey on at such a young age also. You know, like most <laughs> early mid-20s people are not into this or, you know, they have different priorities, right? And so, um, I yeah, like to me, it's this never-ending path like I can't imagine ever stopping to like learning you know, <laughs> and stop growing and like Tony says you stop grow like you you don't grow you die and so I definitely will always it's just a part of who I am it's a huge value mm -hmm. for me in my life but um yeah I what was that the last question because there was a part the, your your daily oh, routine, daily routine like, yeah so um so I wake up and I will right away start listening to something positive. So whether it's Tony on a podcast or, um, you know, anyone else that I, any of my teachers, it, either on a podcast or an audiobook or whatever. So the first thing is like, I'm feeding my mind positiveness as I'm getting ready for my day. And so I'm getting ready and I usually will start working pretty like, 
that's that is my first activity after I'm putting good good things into my my mind. <laughs> um, I do work out. Um, you know, like health and vitality is definitely a top priority for me. And so my but my fitness uh, activities are usually after work. And so, and that's okay. more of a personal, um, because yeah, everybody does up, their own routine. But then I'll, and I, you know, I don't have kids. So I'm like, I, I have freedom <laughs> to still do whatever in that way. Um, and so, you know, it's a big, busy day, usually with um, consistent calls, meetings, uh, and running a business, right? And so, but my calendar, just to like, just to share that my calendar, anything that's a non-negotiable of my goals and my dreams are on my calendar. So they are my daily activities, whether it's personal workout or obviously business or, you know, meetings or friends or dating, whatever, like it's on the calendar. Um, and because again, coming back to the daily habits is what makes you like, or and helps you like either you achieve your goals or yeah. you don't. So then after work, I'll go do a workout. I love F45. It's like, I can do anything for 45 minutes. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I love those. Um, and sometimes I'll do yoga. It, I have a good flow in it or a running. So I will uh, do different ones, you know, throughout the week. And then I come home and I, I usually have more work to do. <laughs> So I'm either working on my business or reading a book or something, or if I have a dinner or whatever, right? It depends on different days. But, yeah. um, and then before I go to bed, that's when I do my meditation. And so meditate before. So you do it at night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's cool. It's a different routine than like a lot of people. I do the meet a lot of people I know and myself, I do the meet time in the morning and then I do this, the, the routine. So you guys can see that. You can still be successful no matter what's the routine as long as you fit it in your day. So Nuria preferred to have more like a me time at night because she doesn't have kids and family. So you heard it. She's single, ready to mingle. You can <laughs> drop your application. <laughs> nah, just kidding. But um, yeah, and, and we were talking also about that like relationship and waiting for the right person. I remember at Tony and, and we talked also about energy and, and dating. So at the moment, maybe when... When you're in a relationship or you have kids, the routine will change. But right now, that's working for you. Yeah. And I feel like I know a few very successful people that are like that. They start, they get a little 30 minutes of like something good and then bam and work. And sometimes I do that too. If I feel like if, I, if I'm a little stressed by some work and I want to get it crushed first thing and then sometimes I kick the routine after. But yeah. that's amazing. On the weekends, um, though, I do always do my workouts in the morning. I got to wrap in the morning. Her. It's just that the lifestyle I've created for myself that doesn't want to wake up at 5 a.m. And by the way, like my sleep is super. Um, that's actually a huge priority for me, too. So I sleep a good eight hours a night. And so that's good. Um, I sleep eight hours, no shame. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes nine. Yeah. But you know what? Some like uh, most people don't. And I would say like that's definitely a huge benefit for my health. And it helps yeah. me like I look younger than I am. Like there's all kinds of like sleep is super important for me. And so um yeah, I'm like, I don't want to wake up about four or five in the morning. So 
but I make sure that I'm still doing all the activities that I want to do to live a yeah. successful, fulfilling yeah. life. I mean, I, I loved it. Like, I feel like living three years in LA, I was waking up at six. Then I got the dog, the Frenchies. <laughs> they, they're like two baby. They ruined my sleep. It was like no tomorrow. And, um, cause they couldn't do their nights. And after that, when I move on the East coast, I, I feel like I might be an excuse is I could never adjust to the 5.00 AM or 6.00 AM. Now I do like seven, seven thirty. I do want to wake up. What I, I like waking up and watching the sun. Like that's, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, I'm like you, like my thing right now is I go to bed at 11 and I want eight hours of sleep. So that makes me wake up at seven and my body is adjusted like that. But when I was, when I went to uh, Seattle for one week, I was waking up at 5am every morning just because of that. And I was like, Oh, so easy here <laughs> just because of my body, but I was going to bed at like nine or 10 because my body was used. I was like, Oh, if I could just move back to LA right now, it'd be so easy. <laughs> be but yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I wanted to ask you, you read a lot. So what would be your top three book that you would recommend to people? Okay. So my favorite book still to this day is the untethered soul by Michael. By Michael yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, he's just amazing. So um, that would be first. The second one would be the law of attraction by Esther and Jerry Hicks. Um, oh, my, my talk to are all spiritual books. Um, that's good. I got to have you read, book. um, have you read asking it is given? Yeah. And honestly, like those two are right next to each other, you know, cause like that is such an incredible book too. Um, and the third one and the third think and grow rich. Cause I just feel like he brings it all home. <laughs> you know, it's like, he really does talk about all this stuff. If you pay attention of the, you know, manifestation yeah. and spirituality and how it all starts with the vision and how it comes to life. And, <clears throat> um, it, yeah, those would be probably my top three. I mean, there are so many great books, but yeah, um, those would be, there's a lot. Like the thing with think and grow rich is, um, like you pinpoint, you need to understand the book. So when I read it at 19, I was not ready. It was all about money. I didn't get nothing. Even the sex transmutation part, I was like, sex? What do you mean? Magic? Okay, let, never mind about that. It must be. And, and then I read it like two years ago and I was like, wow, shit, I miss. And every time you're going to read that book, it's going to hit. And also, there's one thing that you, I don't know if you know about Think and Grow Rich, but the actual real version, the, it never hit. They removed a lot of stuff. So there was one version that came out, but it had too many secrets that they took out because they don't want people. I to... want the secrets. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a I'll send you a little link after this, um, so you can listen to uh, a guy who talks about it, and uh, it's a very interesting topic. And he is he is uh, revealing some of the stuff, and it's it's cool because it's a mix of like. Abraham Hick and, and thinking grow rich and all the business secrets. So you would love it. And I tried to find the uh, original book. I'm still looking for it. Like there was one book that was published right after, like they didn't want to release that one. They published that one. Then they published two other versions with removing more stuff. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, there was, there was a, Fascinating. I, I think if you combine like the asking it is given and, and thinking grow rich, you kind of get a mix of how it should have been, which is feeling 
it's more like feeling and grow rich than thinking and grow rich kind of vibe. Yeah. Like, but yeah, that those are amazing book. And <laughs> um, for someone that's really busy, um, I wanted to ask you, like, for other successful entrepreneur here, what is your best time management advice that you can give? Uh, do you have a to do list, or like, do you do your your to do list at night before, like stuff like that? Yeah, I I I like to prep my week, like even the Friday before, and oh, I the week. Yeah, so um, th like things are being plugged in. Uh, you know, and there's, there's things on the schedule already, but by Friday, if I know that my non-negotiable activities, I don't have them all filled in. That's my cue that like, oh, I need to get that done. And so, um, and sometimes even Sundays are great. Like I love preparing the week on Sunday. Um, you know, just being very intentional. It's usually a very calm centered day. And so um, starting to prep even that night for what the week will look like, what I'm, you know, talking about in certain meetings. And so, but I will say, I, I think the biggest thing for me that where it's allowed for me to have, because I am busy, but I travel a ton. I, um, like, I really do have freedom to not have to be in my business. And so, <laughs> yeah. and so like, you just love it. You love to work. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do, but also like I've set it up correctly to where I don't have to be here. So was it always like that? Or um, like what tip can you give to people that are like somebody's yeah. overwhelmed right now? He's like, fuck, I want to have time freedom. I, Cause a lot of people think that when you get rich or when you make money, whatever rich is for you, let's say you're in the top 1% of America, 400,000 and more. A lot of people think you get freedom but it doesn't necessarily comes together. And that's a big thing I teach in Rewired that, uh, well, what you thought you would get at the top, I'll teach you how to get it. So what would be your advice if you could give like, because yeah. it, it was probably not always like that. Yeah. I read an incredible business book called The E-Myth Revisited before. That was one of the, the what? E-Myth e Revisited, like the letter E okay. and then myth revisited by- Myth Michael like Gerber. a myth? Yeah. Okay. Michael and, Gerber. Okay. I'll, I'll check it. And it was one of the best books like I could have read before launching my business. And it talks about you being either the technician or the business owner or the operator, similar to like Tony's business mastery. Yeah. Um, and so I knew that I was, I had to be working on my business from day one rather than in my business. Yeah. And that took a lot of letting go. And that took a lot of letting go of control and important things. And as I have built my business and scaled it up. Um, letting go, you mean trusting the people that you hire? Yeah, like, like letting go of like specific tasks and giving them to other people. And so, but the biggest, like when it really turned around for me was I went and I wanted to expand my title company in California. So I lived in LA for three years. And I knew I was moving to be there part-time. And so I didn't have an option. It's like, I have a deadline and I have to make this happen. And so what are my current activities and tasks that I need to now start like handing, handing off, finding the right person to yeah. take over that. And so I set it up from there. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm still obviously, you know, I'm a hard worker. I'm consistently like building and, and working on my business, but I can do it from anywhere for the most part. And so, 
um, that's been really nice that I do have that freedom to like really plug into my life, whatever. And, and there is a way, you know, and, and there's still like a next level of that that I'm working on. But mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's beautiful to have that freedom. And like, I didn't want to get into business to have like, be like a, my business running my life. It was yeah. the opposite way, you know, I wanted me to yeah. run. You didn't want to create a job. You wanted to be owner and and have time freedom. That's awesome. (laughs) And where was your favorite travel? Like you said, you travel a lot. What's your top three countries? Gosh, that's hard. But um, I would say Bali. Um, Mm, Bali. Yeah, that was probably my most exotic one that I did. And I actually, so I just did a TEDx talk which was like a, okay. a dream uh, of mine to be on a TED stage. And I just did it in March and it was published last week. I'll have to send you the link. But, send me, um, I'll watch it. But I talked about it on that speech because the Balinese people, I mean, it's such a spiritual place and beautiful. Yeah, amazing. And they're, they're incredible. And one thing I yeah. noticed was that they're very happy people. And I remember asking yeah. my driver, like, Hey, something I observed is that all of the people here, like, I haven't seen them angry or upset or sad, you know, I said, they're all like, you guys are all really happy. Why do you think that is? And his response was one that like blew my mind. And he said, it's because we have a simple mind. That That's awesome. I lived in Bali for three months. I, I love Bali. Like I have, like, I brought back painting from there. Like, it's just like my house is all Buddha and elephant and stuff. Like I, I, I almost moved there. Yeah, it's 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 so good. And and that's one thing that I really loved about Bali. Like, like I was just riding a scooter, staying in villas, and people are fucking amazing. And and people are always smiling. And like, you would feel safe to live your like just have your daughter running in the street. Nobody would like, like people are just so genuine. Like, I don't know if you traveled the whole Island or if you stayed in Changu or Seminyak or like, did you go to Ubud and, and did you explore a lot? Uh, so we did Seminyak and Ubud. Okay. That's awesome. Next time you go, I'll let you know that I have a friend that owns an hotel in Ubud and oh, cool. um, it's amazing. And I, I know like, I, I lived there three months, so I know like all the places, all the restaurants. I have a list of like, I tried it all. This is really, really amazing. Like I always tell my girl, like I would move there if it was in for the dog right now, <laughs> just for the fact that the problem is you can't get dog on the island. It's really, really hard. Um, it's a complicated situation. You have to put them in Singapore for two months and then come and then they stay two weeks in a crate and it's just, I can't do that to my dog, but like, you have a Frenchie too, so you understand. It's, it's yeah. like, can't, can't traumatize those little baby. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we have to. What, we have to work our your, lives around the, the Frenchie. Yeah, they're the they're the king of the house. Yeah. I have to come back as a Frenchie. I feed them the best meat, organic everything, and then I pet them. I, sometimes I think that I live in their house. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, Bali is such a special place, right? That was that was a very unique, amazing That's place. awesome. Did you go to Hawaii? Hawaii? Did yeah. you go? I've been to Hawaii. Um, you- only one island, so I need to go back. 
But I Which just one? feel like um, it was Oahu. Okay. And I, I've loved, I've always just loved traveling. Um, even when I had my three jobs in college and I like, it was a lot of it <laughs> travel. And so I just love seeing the world that I'm like fascinated by. I love meeting new people, different cultures, different languages. Like it's definitely um, a huge like passion of mine. And so um, we're going to Africa next month. Yeah, I know. It's going to be amazing. Like, <clears throat> I'm actually going to Cancun next month. I decided to do Ibogen. So it's like a psychedelic journey. Um, Is it the, I don't know frog, if you have a the frog thing? The frog. No, so that's uh, the frog is Campbell. Okay. And Ibogen is like the most powerful psychedelic. So it's 12 hours. Um you have to be under supervision, medical supervision. Um, if it's not done properly and just in the wild, you, it, it's dangerous. Like it, you could die. So wow. it, it's medically, they extract it. It's going to be an interesting journey. I'm always looking to go deeper in myself. So like I, I'm, I'm a fan of, of uh, psilocybin, like mushroom. So I'm going to do that in Cancun. And then I'm excited for Africa that's going to be no work, no nothing, just chilling with you guys. That's going to be like so good. Yeah. I oh, can't so wait. excited for it. <clears throat> Have you been to Africa? Mm -mm. No. Nope. Yeah. It's on my list. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Well, I wanted to thank, thank you a lot for your time. Is there any last word you want to say? Is, is there like something you would wish to tell your younger self or people listening? Like I know there's a lot of women now that want to be boss babe or whatever the term they use. I, I believe in just being a good human being that will produce stuff, not necessarily a boss babe and a WAP, but it, what, what would you have to say that someone that want to become an amazing woman? Oh my gosh. You're one of a kind, Mike. Um, <laughs> I would say, I would say um, that you, we live in a day and age where you really can create whatever life it is that you want. And I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, different companies or corporations that maybe don't allow the opportunity for women to rise or, you know, different sexes. Like, I'm not saying that doesn't exist. It, it does. But I, what I encourage all of you to do is like, you want to sit at the table, build your own table. Like you want to, you know, it's like you can go and create and live this life where you can still play in your feminine energy. And this is actually a big focus I've been talking about lately on my panels and things where it's a women environment. Cause I love my girls. Like, of course I want you all to go and dream big, <laughs> but I'm also, I also love men and I also love the masculine energy and I very much honor that too. And so what I will challenge everyone on and invite you to is there's some there's a beauty within your feminine energy as a boss, babe. Like you don't have to um, try to be someone else. You don't have to wear all the like masculine masks. There's magic mm -hmm. within our feminine energy of what we can bring into the business world and to your career and like we, it's really the collaboration of both energies that really create this beautiful yeah. outcome. And so play with your energy and it's a beautiful <laughs> thing, you know, and like how I said, I, I love my guys and there I've had some very incredible guys in my life who have very much 
uh, you know, pushed me, empowered me, like wanted to lift me up. And so I think we just need to get rid of the old narrative, you know? Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better. And, and I love that you say that. And that's why I was laughing saying boss babe, because I don't support that movement. I do support women wanting more out of life while staying in their feminine so that we can embrace both powerful um, women bring something that men we don't see and men bring something that women don't see. So it's cool when there's a collaboration and that you use both sex and both intuition to build something amazing. And I, I thank you for that. Couldn't have said it better. And, and women, um, I don't know. Well, don't, it's not an order. I don't know if you can say that in English, but I was like, woman, you can go follow Nuria. Sometimes I mess up word, but um, if, if she's an example, uh, I, didn't want to, I didn't want to say woman, you do that and sound, sound like that. But um, if you're inspired and, and you're a woman um, and you want to follow Nuria, uh, if you can tell them where they can find you and maybe hear you talk and, and you can serve as an inspiration uh, because you're successful, you're in your feminine energy, you're investing in yourself. So it's all very amazing quality that I respect. Thank you so much. Yeah. And thanks for letting me be here with you guys today. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is nuria.p.rivera. So it's spelled N-U-R-I-A dot P as in Paula and then, and then dot Rivera. Amazing. I'll put your link and, and, and under the podcast. Thank you very much for coming today. I really appreciate and I hope that you guys enjoyed. Men and women, you can listen to the advice, but I love to bring empowered women to share their experience and their journey. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. I'll see you in another podcast, guys.